This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ortiz finds it off center field. Damon run into the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but why? here comes a pizza. See it? <laughs> This is our fucking city, and nobody gonna dictate our freedom. Stay strong. All right, welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. Uh, on the last episode, we talked about maybe coming into this episode with a winning record, being happy. It's it's the first. It's the first sad podcast we've had in a while so i guess let's try not to be spoiled but at the same time god damn it you have to beat the baltimore orioles i just saw the graphic on nesson before we hopped on here and uh the red sox have a 16 and 12 record against non-al east teams and they have yet to win a series against a team within their own division <clears throat> you kind of figured, all right, five games against the last place Baltimore Orioles. Here we go. You just won what? Was it five straight series? It would have been five this one. It would have been five. Okay. So they had won four straight series coming into a five-game series against the last place Baltimore Orioles. You figure you're in a good position to win, I don't know, four out of five. Worst case scenario, all right, we'll take three out of five. Maybe you sweep the whole thing. I don't know. That's a little overzealous. Uh, but you figured you'd be feeling pretty good coming out the other side of this five-game set with the last place Orioles. <clears throat> and uh, you lose three out of five. You lose the series. You win two games. You win two out of five against the Orioles. And it started so positive. It started so positive. I was at Fenway on Friday. It's like six to nothing in the second inning. Six to nothing in the second inning. And then you have an eight to two lead in the seventh, correct? Correct. In the seventh inning. And then asshole Steve said it. Wow. You're, st- you're coming up with the name here. Yep. Because it's his fault. And he knows that it's his fault. And here's the thing. I'm not giving him any credit for the accountability today as well. No, I'm sorry. He, At this point, we're doing it? Yeah, he's he's responding to the heat that he's getting from it. He's not sorry. He just wants people to like him again. And I love Steve, but he can be a real dildo sometimes. And him saying it was not him believing it. It was him refusing to be to go along with what we were doing over here. He's got his own show. That's fine. I hope it does well. Truly, I do. But that was him just saying, that's a name redacted pod bit, and we're not going to go along with it. 
So we're just going to say it, which was a dildo move. And after he said it, uh, the Red Sox blow an 8-2 to two lead. They lose on Friday. Uh, and we went from having a great time. Everything was so positive. And, and, and I mean, we put out the graphic. If you really, really wanted to say it, if you felt the need to say it, we gave you 10, 10 alternatives. Jared, we gave more than 10. We, we sat here. We brainstormed some extra for those that if 10 wasn't enough for you, mm-hmm. if, if you needed some other options, some mm-hmm. alternatives, different pathways in life, yeah. we painted it out for you. And you go into Friday, Steve does the unthinkable. Mm-hmm. It's just the way you lost that game, you know. As much as you want to say about this Red Sox bullpen and, you know, some nights they just don't have enough arms. We get that. That's a reality of the team. It's, you know, a failure on the front office in that front. You had the right guys. Yeah, Jake Diekman falls apart. You know, Schreiber comes in, hasn't given up a run this year. You know, what more could you ask of this guy? He finally gets touched. Matt Strom, your best bullpen arm all year implodes in a way that we haven't seen yet in a Red Sox uniform. And we're not, you know, the next morning we find out Hansel Robles was never even available. It looks like he's going to be out for a considerable amount of time here. It's like the vibes flipped so quickly. The vibes flipped? And And all you had to do was not say it. And people people were tweeting me, being like, oh, don't say it. The Red Sox suck now. Don't say it. I was like, yeah, I, I was right. Like I said, don't say it. Steve said it. And and here here we are. Why the hell is the Baltimore Orioles? Why the hell did we come up with June twenty eighth? Why? We're a month away. We're less than a month away now. I mean, I, I'm not giving up on it. No, but I mean, you've got to turn this around real fucking quick. And I was actually, it's funny. I was having a conversation on Friday before the game on the field at Fenway Park, talking baseball with one of my pals and we're talking about the bullpen and the conversation is more along the lines of like, yeah, you know, I mean, we're looking at the standings. It's like, yeah, if they had a legit closer, I mean, you know, how many more wins would this team have? And, uh, some of the Red Sox were on the field warming up some of the relievers. They were just, you know, they're tossing in right field and it's like, all right, you know, you feel good about the bullpen. Like they're like, the guys are good enough to where, Let's just say something crazy. Like if they have an eight to two lead, you feel like, all right, yeah, this bullpen can get that job done. Uh, but, you know, three, two, ninth inning, Yankee Stadium, crowds rocking. Who's the guy that you put on the mound? And we both turned and we looked at Jake Diekman and Matt Strom. It's like, those are probably the guys. Like it's, it's some combination of, of those two in that situation. And then lo and behold, you find yourself in a situation where you have an eight to two lead against the worst team in the division. And those are the two guys that blew the game. And uh, I mean, to their credit, it wasn't like, I mean, they, they had their worst loss of the season Friday night. They win Saturday, uh, the first game. They lose the second game of the doubleheader. So it's like, all right, we shook off that loss with a win and they lose. You don't feel good at the end of the day. Then Sunday comes, five homers. And it's like, all right, yeah, cool. Uh, here comes that Red Sox offense is kicking the shit out of everyone. They're back. And then you go into this rubber match, this odd two games to two rubber match on Monday, and you get your fucking doors blown off 10 to nothing. And that's not a game 
that you can point to any one or two individuals and say, ah, oh, man, it was their fault. They really, they really sucked out there. I mean, you scored zero runs. Uh, the meat of the order didn't do. I mean, no one really did anything offensively. Obviously, you scored zero runs. Um, Rich Hill didn't have his best stuff. Matt Barnes, again, did not look good. Uh, I, th- I think you start even before the game and I hate to say it, but you know, when the Matt Strom stuff came out, it's like a day, you know, you know, Rich Hill's not going to go deep into games unless you force him to, mm-hmm. I don't think you see him in the fifth inning, you know, today where it was clear, like you said, he didn't really have his best stuff. They, they were pushing him. They, they were trying to get another inning out of him. Uh, did it ultimately decide the game for you? No, you couldn't score. Uh, that's what it was, but pushing a guy like Rich Hill when he doesn't have, you know, what he fully has. Maybe overextending a little bit with Tanner Houck yesterday. He only threw 14 pitches. What do you have coming in a different situation today? I think that's a fair conversation. Um, but, you know, you could see Alex Cora was managing yesterday a little, not out of fear, but like, hey, we can't have another moment like we did Friday night where this bullpen completely throws one away for us. It's just all of it kind of rains down on you in some ways when you have a moment like that, when you're consistently short on arms. Uh, and now, you know, you're taking out. You know, we'll see what happens with Strom sooner than later, I think was what what Cora said tonight. It's just you couldn't afford to lose a guy like Robles right now. And I have a hard time feeling good about this group. Matt Barnes is yeah, it's bad. I you know, I don't know what to say at this point about him. You just got to keep trying. You know, that's a situation where you do it. But, you know, even what the first line out of the inning, like he was getting squared up even on his outs. Yeah. I mean, the fastball's flat. Um, there's not, there's no movement on his fastball. Uh, the velocity the co- is not quite, I mean, it's, he was 96. I think he even hit 97. Uh, what was it on Friday? Um, but I mean, if it's flat guys know where to look, there you go. Uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a deflating series, but I don't want to stop any of the momentum because of one series. I mean, you just won four straight series. This was a series that you you felt good about going in. This is a team you thought you could handle. Uh, they did lose two out of three in Baltimore to this team earlier in the season, but you feel like you're playing much better ball. It's a much better team, and you're you're kind of chomping at the bit to play the Orioles. And, and I do believe the Orioles have taken a series from every AL East team except the Blue Jays now this year. Mm. Yeah, not great. It was it was not great. And I blame Steve. I think everyone listening blames Steve. Uh, it was a dildo move. It was a dildo move. You read between the lines and it was as simple as I, I just think he didn't like that something was catching on uh, with the fan base. And, and the root of it was it was kind of it's the SpongeBob meme where you're like behind the great. And you see everyone else having fun and you can't have that fun. I mean, he could have leaned into it. He could have. I, I would have had no problem with, with Steve uh, leaning into June 28th and don't say it. I think no one here would have been like, hey, he's copying us. He'd have been like, hey, he's doing the right thing. We don't but exclude it, anyone around here. No, no. I, I would have absolutely loved if, if Steve uh, leaned into it and didn't say it. But he, he chose to say it. and. As a result of that, uh, things aren't good. Vibes are not good right now. Vibes are not good. We are humble. I mean, we're staying humble because this is uh, this is exactly why you don't say it. Um, This is why you stay humble because if you are feeling too good, 
series like this can happen. And uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that here we go. Like now we're back to we we had a hot couple weeks and and now we're back to April again. I don't believe that because now you have a two game set with the Cincinnati Reds. Who, by the way, I I, I didn't see. Oh yeah, they were off today. Um, no, th- didn't they lose today? Or they lost the day before. They le- they had won what four in a row and then took a loss yeah. to the Giants. Yeah, they lost on Sunday, and I think they were off today. Uh, so they started their season four and twenty three, but have since won twelve of twenty. So I know if the Red Sox don't take both games, then people are gonna be like, "Ah, you lost the Reds." But the Red Sox, I mean, the Reds have been playing better ball of late. I'm not trying to make excuses before the series happens, but let's just. Let's not underestimate the opponent here. It's not the four and twenty-three Cincinnati Reds right now. It's just not. And I don't, you know, I don't want to jump too far here. We'll talk about the pitchers they're going to face in that series. But mm. you know, you're facing two guys. You know, one of them obviously has been a little up and down since he got called up to the bigs. But guys with good stuff. You, you know, yeah. you're not facing garbage out there. Yeah, you're getting Castillo, I believe, in game one, right? Yeah, and then Hunter Green game two. Yeah. So Castillo, this is my favorite stat. Not to ruin the stop and shop look ahead, but. uh Red Sox hitters, I believe, only have one hit against Castillo. Do you know who has that hit? Ooh. Uh, I'll go Alex Verdugo. Nick Pavetta. <laughs> wow. That is a stat and a half. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, we'll get to it, um, of course, in the stop and chop look ahead, which will be later on. But, I mean, we've, we've barely even – we've yet to – sink our teeth into this Baltimore Orioles uh, series here. Uh, yeah, the Red Sox are one for 21 against Luis Castillo. And that one is Nick Pavetta. Don't like that. No. I will, I will say, looking at this Orioles team, uh, this team is going to be scary in a couple of years. It feels yeah. very early, you know. Uh, Mike Elias over there coming over from the Astros, you really see, you know, kind of the foundation for pitching and where it's coming from. That bullpen, you know, Jorge Lopez, Perez, Joey Crable out there, uh, Keegan Atkin, like, whoa. Like, you know, that you get down in them and we've seen they're dominating you know, Dylan Tate out there, all these different guys. Holy hell. And then Tyler Wells pitched his ass off today starting the game. And that doesn't Six foot throw- eight. Yeah, you know, that doesn't throw in Adley Rutschman now being up and part of this team. And, you know, we'll see what ends up happening with, you know, Cedric Mullins and Trey Mancini moving forward. But this is a team that feels very spoilery, you know, down the stretch. They're going to be that really annoying team again and again. And for a team like the Red Sox who need to win games like this, who can't, you know, let them slide. I don't want to be facing the Orioles. I don't even want to be thinking about the Orioles. No. I mean, the good thing is the Cincinnati Reds. They're not in the American League East. Red Sox, four games above 500 against non-AL East teams. Let's look at the positive here. But the negative still remains. Uh, Matt Strom, if you haven't heard. So he didn't test positive, but he had symptoms, so they put him on the COVID IL. Yeah, Cora didn't want to say anything. Like It did seem a little like he didn't want to say he was going to be back tomorrow. He said, hopefully, he's back with us sooner than later. Yeah, that could be a scenario where it's like, we're going to take advantage of the COVID IL and get an arm in here. And he doesn't actually have COVID, but he's had the sniffles today. So we got to got to get him out of here. We're going to get another arm in here. It could be something like that. I would respect that, that fuckery. I mean, it didn't work. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I was I was at Fenway Friday night, and uh, once it got to eight to five, I migrated down to the EMC to sit at the bar so I could watch the end of the Celtics game, and man, that fell apart real quick. The wheels fell off real quick, and I don't know. I mean. <sighs> It's it's still like thinking back to Friday, like either you believe in the butterfly effect or you don't. I think if the Red Sox win that game eight to two, I, I think the whole series plays out differently. I think that when you get kicked in the teeth like that, you get stunned. I mean, obviously, like I said, they won the first of two games on Saturday. They after after blowing that lead uh, on Friday night. They won that first game on Saturday, but then you lose Saturday night, and then you lose this one 10 to nothing. Um, you had to have that game on Friday. And are we slapping worst loss of the season on that game? I feel like we kind of have to. I mean, they've gotten walked off by every team in the division, but I still think, and they lost 10 to nothing against the fucking Orioles tonight. Uh, but I still have to believe that with the momentum that they had coming into that series, Getting out to a six to nothing lead by the second, having an eight two lead in the seventh, and then losing that game. That has got to be the uh, worst loss of the season. A hundred percent, because you know, those other games you've lost on the walk off, some of them can be contributed to just not having enough arms, not having those right guys. Others can be just the offense not giving you anything. You that game went how you wanted that game to win. You know, like your bats exploded. You did your damage. You got out to that great lead. Gare Whitlock pitched his ass off, gave you six good innings. You had the arms lined up that you needed to have lined up. Like those are the guys you go to in that spot. Everything was supposed to start the series correctly. And even when the dice rolled in your favor, you imploded. And that's the stuff it's like that happens against an Orioles team like this who, yeah, you know, They'll fight you off. They're not an easy team to deal with overall. How does that give you confidence when you start having to play a team like the Blue Jays? You have to you know, start playing a team like the Rays, the Yankees. You still haven't won a series in your division yet. No. Like, that's just such a big deal. It's going to be such a big deal down the stretch. And hey, they could take two of the next couple days against the Reds. You finish this little you know, mini homestand on a good note. You're still positive. Sure. Great. When you look beyond and we're talking a game or two, deciding playoffs, missing the playoffs, where you end up landing, this will be one of the first games that come to your head again and again and again. And I think it's another thing. It felt like roles were starting to settle in a little bit. Maybe that was a night where you were going to see those roles come into place. Something this Red Sox bullpen hasn't had all year. It didn't work. And now once again, it's like you're going to have to go out there and guess. It's more guessing and hoping you can put this bullpen and piece it together because, you know, you don't have Strom getting into that ninth inning regularly. You don't have Schreiber emerging as that kind of setup guy. And Jake Diekman, he's on some days, other days, he's the definition of an arsonist. Yep. Jake, what are you feeling right now? I mean, it was tough for me because, first of all, I don't have nine TVs on my wall, so I don't have the luxury of being able to watch two games at the same time. Loser. Uh, right. So I was watching the Celtics as my primary game because it was eight to two in the Red Sox. And I'm checking my phone and eight to five, eight to seven. Steve tweeted it out. 
So I'm like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to have to bring my TV from my bedroom, which I do for the secondary TV. I'm like, I can't believe I even have to do this right now. And then once they lost that, the vibes in the Celtics game were down too. It was, it was just a tough night. You can make the case that Steve made the Red Sox, I mean, that made the Celtics lose game six. I think there's definitely a carryover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. clear. And they're both held in Boston. It was a vibe tidal wave. I felt it. People were like, hey, do you want to go after the game? I was like, absolutely not. I don't want to go after the game. I, I'm surprised you could stand up. I, I barely could. I had to have one of my friends carry me home. I wasn't even drinking. It Friday. Was yeah. Friday was one of the one of my tougher nights ever between the socks imploding. And, you know, my Twitter feed was a disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot more of those thoughts, those tweets warning about my demise that no one cared to check up on or Twitter cared to lock me out. Mm-hmm. On top of it, the Celtics losing made me have to work on Sunday. I had to work Sunday night as well. So not only did I get kicked in the dick by the Red Sox, I got kicked in the dick by the Celtics. So I don't know. I'm feeling dickless right now. It's unfathomable. But I don't, I don't, I don't want it to be doom and gloom. I don't want to go back to April. I don't. I want to turn the page on this series as quickly as possible. You have a series, two games against the Cincinnati Reds. Gut check. It's a gut check right now. You got to bounce back. You have to bounce back. And I'd like to think, listening to Alex Cora's post-game press conference, I mean, he's just, he's Alex Cora. He's cool as fuck. He's just chill. Like, he's not, he's not Eeyore up there. And I think a lot of those guys, after losing 10 to nothing, I mean, major leaguers will tell you, it's way more difficult losing a game like Friday night than a game like tonight. It's like, yeah, we just didn't have it tonight. It's fucking 10 to nothing. Core told you in the seventh and eighth it was done. He pulled Devers, you know, he pulled Bogarts. Go get a breather. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And uh, J.D. Martinez, uh, I forget what, what game it was. When he got smoked in the left shoulder, he's got a bruise that looks like a fucking shoulder piece tattoo, like going down his arm. I mean, yeah, whatever. Rest your guys. And, and like I said, a, a game like tonight, a 10 nothing loss is far more easy to shake off. You fucking hit the shower, head home, sleep in your own bed, get to the yard tomorrow, and you turn the page. It's like, ah, man, that, that game sucked. Uh, I would much rather go through a 10 nothing loss like that than have a 6 nothing 8-2 lead and blow it like Friday. Um, and they did. They turned the page. They won that next game. So it is what it is. They got to move on. Um, but you can slide into stacks of cash this baseball season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during MLB season? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many bases will be stolen, total runs, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D. Bet just $5 and get $150 in free bets no matter what happens on the field. That is promo code Jared at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. 
Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. MLB trademarks used with permission. Oh, as much as I as much as I would love to just absolutely turn the page on that series. Let's just say hypothetically, right? If the Red Sox won tonight, I mean, I guess it depends on who did what. I mean, it's hard to say because no one did anything in in this game. Who do you think would have been the Clark's catch-up MVP? Like, there's no real stand-up. Maybe the Christian Vasquez? Yeah, dude, he, he's ridiculous right now. I, I, this is by far the best Christian Vasquez has looked uh, easily since 2020. And uh, I didn't think we were going to see this version of Christian Vasquez again. It's really a different version than what we saw. Remember 2019 to 2020 Christian Vasquez? Moon man. Like, dude would hit those homers, turn into one of the better offensive catchers in baseball at the time. Now? Yeah. Completely different approach. Everything is kind of getting slapped, uh, which that's fine. Alice Core has said he's always seen him as that kind of guy. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk. Core talking about meeting with Vasquez's agent and them having dinners and, you know, trying to figure out how to get him back to the player he used to be. Well, boom. When you have a guy who's continuously sitting around 300, that's one of the best catchers in baseball. There's really no other way to look at it in that sense. Asking him to keep it up all year, you know, you're asking a lot, but I don't know how you don't give him some applause right now. Yeah, had a double tonight, and he's up over 300. He's in 303 with a 766 OPS. I am more than pleased with uh, those numbers from Christian Vasquez, especially if he's hitting eighth. Um, Yeah, I mean, there just wasn't a ton of action tonight. There wasn't a ton of action from the Red Sox perspective. Uh, Rich Hill goes out there, six Ernie's. Seven hits, couple walks, couple homers, couple long homers. Um, if there's a bright spot, Sal Mora came back. I don't even know they could option him, but they did. Comes back, two innings, scoreless, punched somebody out. Did he face the minimum? Yeah, he, he ended up getting, uh, you know, came in, got the first two outs on two pitches. Obviously, runs came in both there. And then uh, the second inning was clean. Franchi made that really nice play down the first baseline. Mm-hmm. I will say if, uh, you know, I probably wouldn't have given, you know, the MVP to him, but Bobby Delbeck. Uh, yeah. Whoa. Couple, couple homers in this couple series. Couple homers for Bob. Uh, came in late, you know, with that nice single five game hitting streak. I think we're seeing and listen, I'm not saying it's what the platoon kind of situation was last year with Kyle Schwarber and Bobby Delbeck, but I think they found something similar with him and Franchi Cordero. And shout out to Franchi having a big game in that blowout yesterday. Uh, another homer for him. Really well above average bat so far this year. You know, you got to give him credit for the adjustments he's making. But I think Delbeck's no longer being overexposed. They can kind of pick their spots with him against a guy like Bruce Zimmerman, a lefty, you know, hanging a lot of stuff in the zone. I'm happy with I think Bob's going to really start to figure it out again here. And this is the role he should have probably been in all along. Yeah. It's just tough. It's just tough when you're being asked to pinch hit. I mean, he had the pinch hit homer, which is the first of his career. Uh, and then he got he came in the game uh, as a replacement tonight. Got a knock. What was that in the ninth? Yeah, that little single up the middle. Yeah. I mean, it's it's nice to see. It's a positive. We'll take it. Uh, and then uh, Brazier, Brazier's back. Two innings, four hits, no walks. Only one earned run. Cool. <laughs> had that moment where he had to put his glove up and 
take away an out there. Mm. Um, just feels like you have too many guys like that in this bullpen right now that you just you can't trust. You yeah. can't trust them in those spots. And that's the it's just so infuriating. It's like, you know, just adding one more stable arm. Now it's really you need more than that if Robles is going to be down for a while. Yeah. But your life could be so much easier. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Nick Pavetta, though. On Sunday, six innings, one earned run, three walks. Don't love that, but the five strikeouts. Uh, he's now got a sub four. At one point, wasn't his ERA like fucking over eight? Oh, yeah. One of the worst pitchers in baseball the first month of April. I think over his last five starts, the ERA is below two now. Let's fucking look at it. Uh, Nick Pavetta. Nick Pavetta had a 10 ERA on April 20th through three starts and 827. Um, so basically in his last call it five starts, he has a sub two. Nick Pavetta's last five starts, 34 innings, 30 strikeouts, a one five, nine ERA opponents hitting just a buck 65 with a 500 OPS against Nick Pavetta. Red Sox are four and one in those games. And that, that's what the Red Sox dreamed on. Did they not that he would elevate to this kind of mid-rotation guy? Yeah. Those are mid-rotation numbers. Sure. Sure. Yeah, Nick Pavetta, uh, the Red Sox essentially got for nothing. That was the Brandon Workman trade. Um, who eventually came back, stunk, and then was out of here. But yeah, I mean, he went from an 819 and he's now down to a 380. Okay. Why does it say fucking it says it says 395 in the box score but on baseball reference it says oh no I lied that was his uh that was his fip. Okay. So his he's actually been better than his 395. Okay. Shout out Nicky Smooches. But yeah, I mean you look at the box score from from Sunday Three more hits for Bogey. Two more hits for Julio. Um, Bob's homering. We love to see that. It's just, it's, you're not going to get by with the feast or famine offense. You're just not. You put up 12 runs in a 12 to 2 victory, and then you put up a goose egg the next day. It just, it, it don't work like that. Or at least it shouldn't. So, yeah, they're going to have to figure that the fuck out. You're gonna have to get your. Are you gonna? Uh, you gonna go to any finals games? No, Tyler? no. A little, a little, uh, a little out the Millican price range. Okay, Jake. Yeah, I mean, I have to save up like for two years to probably go to one game. I think the. What do you? Th- what do you think? Like the average cost of a finals ticket is for Game Three on SeatGeek, it was like seven hundred to get in the building. Chump change. And that's probably what? Like balcony? Like behind the basket balcony. Damn. Damn. Well, either way. Uh, you got to use SeatGeek if you're going to go to the finals. If you've got uh, some extra scratch and you want to go to the finals, you got you to gotta use SeatGeek. I'm, I'm exploring it. I want to, I mean, I, I feel like my dad's been to the World Series. He's never been to a Celtics Finals game. He just loves Boston sports. 
Like he, I got if if you ask him, I don't even know. Like if you ask him, like who his favorite team is, like who he would pick. But I know he loves the Celtics. I know I wouldn't get him Red Sox tickets right now. That would be a punishment. He'd be like, why? Why are you getting me Red Sox tickets? Um, but SeatGeek is so beloved by butts everywhere that they've made it the highest rated ticketing app. Whether it's concerts, baseball, basketball, football, festivals, or anything else, SeatGeek puts tickets from all over the web in one place to make buying simple. SeatGeek rates every ticket from zero to 10 to make sure you're getting a good deal. Green means good. Red means bad. And you listening right now can get $20 off your first purchase with the promo code Jared, J-A-R-E-D, at SeatGeek.com or on the SeatGeek app. That is promo code Jared for $20 off your first SeatGeek order. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat and download the app today. Um. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to stay positive. I I was pretty, uh, kind of like the same mentality as as you would maybe if you were in the clubhouse as a player. That I mean, there was not one single tweetable moment in that game for the Red Sox. Like there just wasn't. There wasn't. There's just nothing. So I was kind of just like sitting there all night. And then you have those games. I mean, you might get a few of those a year. But when they do come along, you almost feel like a ghost. It's like, I'm watching. Like, I might tweet something. I think I tweeted like, you know, like, don't love how this game's going when it was four to nothing in the first or the second. Yeah, I'm tweeting just to like, let you know I'm alive. I'm tweeting to let you know, like, I am watching the game. I may not be tweeting because there's nothing to fucking tweet about, but I'm just putting out like a signal here. That's what I hate about nights like tonight. Because like you say, you know, you put out that little, you know, I'm alive. I'm sitting here. I'm watching. But you're getting all those friggin' tweets. Oh, where you at? You know, nothing to say tonight. Where are you? Oh, come on. You know, you're getting all the, oh, don't say it. Don't say it. Shut up. What, what do you want me to tweet? We t- we're tweeting videos here. We're commenting on the game. There's nothing to talk about. No. At all. No. Like, I'm, how many times you want me to tweet? I'm going to kill myself. Right. Like, it, it's so, that is my least favorite comment on Twitter. Like, you can only be so negative. Right. And, you know, I think we're willing to be negative at times. You know, when have we not? You know, especially when we're going to come on here and be somewhat negative for an hour and, you know, vent and talk through these things. Who else is sitting through these games? Who else is sitting through a 10 nothing loss? Other people are going, they're going to sleep. They're going to sit there. They're not going to poison their mind with what we watched for three hours tonight. But here we are. We like to suffer. We'll watch three hours of poison. Trust sure. me. You don't need to ask. You, know, you don't need to ask where the tweets are. They're coming. They're there. Sorry. And people will sit there and be like, oh, nothing to say tonight. It's like, what do you, what do you want me to say? You take the L. Do you want me to sit there and, you know, oh, who, who gives a fuck? Obviously, we give a fuck. We're watching. We're taking the L. You, you can't win if you don't say anything. You can't win if you do say something. Yeah. I've, I've been better, I think, this year at taking the L. Do you feel like that's been a problem for you in the past? Yes. I hate losing. I'm such a sore fucking loser that I'll just make excuses after every single loss and be like, well, if this didn't happen, blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah, I mean, you fucking can't lose. count that. And, and, and you know what it is? I think it's I think it's Alex Gora. I think it's his I think it's his calming presence and kind of just doing my best to mirror his vibe and his attitude after a loss. 
Like, not to suck our own dicks here, but I think Red Sox fans turn to us or some Red Sox fans turn to us to see how they should feel about things. And if we're freaking out, then I think other people are going to freak out. And if we're panicking or if we give up on the team, other people will give up on the team. But I think you saw after the month of April when there wasn't much to be happy about, when we start saying don't say it and this and that and June 28th, it was a fucking cultural phenomenon amongst the fan base that people people are dying to get excited about this team. Give them a reason. Okay. I from what I saw, and, and I, I again I keep referencing these conversations with, with Maz. I was like, they're gonna hit. And guess what? Over the last two, three weeks, they've been the best offensive team in baseball. They're hitting. They didn't hit tonight, but I mean you can't you can't look at one game and say, all right, fine, they they fucking suck. This is who they really are. Like, no. I mean, every team's going to have an off night. It happens. But have they turned a page offensively? Yeah, I, I think that they have. You're never uh, going to have another month where, you know, set, or, you know, six out of nine guys just give you nothing. It's not going to happen for the rest of the year. It's impossible no. at this point. I think Red Sox stats had the tweet earlier today about uh, not just how good they are, but how much better than everyone else they've been. It's like a sizable gap. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up. Mm. Describe okay. this tweet. It would be nice if I could see it on my timeline. That's true. You're blocked. I am blocked. We'll have to get you unblocked at some point. Please, I'm begging. Uh, over the last 20 days, the Red Sox batting average is 311. The next closest team is 274. The Red Sox on base percentage is 375. The next closest is 356. The Red Sox slugging percentage is 532. The next closest is 486. So they've been the best, and no one else has been really close. So. We knew that they were going to hit. Are they going to be that good the rest of the year? No. Uh, but are they capable of getting red hot and, and doing damage to teams? Yes. Which is how this fucking series started before Steve said it. Six to nothing. Eight to two. That's where we were on Friday. And then Steve said it. Steve said it. And again, we've given you the alternatives. Verbally, we've given you things to do physically if you need to say it. And I hope he learned his lesson. I, I mean, people are asking us, like, you know, you guys make up the rules. We didn't make up the rules. Like, people are asking, like, if what, what does Steve have to do to, to reverse this? I don't know. I don't know. That's not for us to decide. No. And, you know, we talked about the bathtub. Jared, mm-hmm. I think you offered if anyone was out there that was so desperate to say it, if they needed somewhere to go, mm-hmm. somewhere to be, that you would open your door to them. 100%. And you described your bathtub as, you know, quite nice. It's a very nice bathtub. It's a it, very nice bathtub. And, you know, maybe if it was someone you didn't know, someone that was a stranger, I'd understand, but No, Steve? I'd still probably let a stranger in to, to use my bath. I mean, I don't think... I'd let him out of my sight. You'd have to take the bath in front of me if you were just like fucking Greg from Charlestown. I'd be like, all right, dude, I guess like wear a bathing suit. Okay. But I'm not like letting you like just chill in my bathroom like that. Um, would you watch Steve or would you leave him alone? No, nah, I'd watch Steve. Nice. I mean, God knows what he would be doing in there. Maybe tweeting something that he would very much regret. Yeah. And I, I think we're seeing it. I think Steve very much regrets his decision as he should. It was he- a dildo move. We saw today the accountability, you know, publicly. Mm-hmm. Has he reached out to you privately to apologize? No. And I don't I don't know. 
I don't know if he has it in him to to do that much. Um, I don't think that he, I don't think that he would admit that this is where he needs to come to apologize. Uh, I mean, I'm just saying it's that would be the move. Would be to to apologize to the listeners of this podcast, uh, of his own podcast, uh, on Twitter, wherever he needs to go to to clean that shit up. That's what he needs to do. Um, I mean, the door is open. I know he's he's made up uh, he's made up an excuse. I think I've I've asked him like, yeah, I mean, if you want to make appearances on here, I'd love to have you. And I think he said like he like Odyssey won't let him. I don't believe that. I think hmm. Odyssey would be like. We yeah, we'd love for you to go on a, a podcast and promote yourself. I can't imagine that they would be like, no. Nah. Espe- especially the number one Red Sox podcast. Right. The most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. It's America's most beloved podcast. Sounds like a great platform for him to come on and grow his podcast. That's what I'm saying. So I don't know. Balls in his court, but in the meantime, I'm probably just gonna eat some freshly. Jake, you like freshly? Love it. Yeah, it's fucking delicious. Um, it's food that's fast. Uh, it doesn't have to be fast food, though. Freshly offers quality meals without the hard work. Their meals are designed by nutritionists, cooked by chefs, then delivered fresh. Other meal deliveries need to be prepped and cooked, but Freshly is ready to eat in three minutes. Three minutes. I don't have that kind of time to be fucking making dinners and be like, all right, yeah, here's this ingredient, that ingredient, and I'll fucking cook. I don't have that kind of time. That's why Freshly is my go-to. No one wants to spend an hour cooking dinner after a rough day at work or an infuriating commute. At the end of a long day, takeout doesn't have to be your only option for an easy dinner. Whether it's for you or the whole family, Freshly offers you convenience, flavor, and nutrition. That's huge. I'm going to be having Freshly for fucking dinner all the time now because I don't have time. But I don't want to sacrifice nutrition for convenience. Get delicious, chef-made, nutrient-packed meals delivered straight to your door. No cooking required. Fresh and never frozen. Ready to heat and enjoy in just three minutes. Use the Freshly website or the app to find meals that fit your lifestyle with plans that work for your dietary needs preferences, tastes, and family size. Choose from over 50 nutritionist design entrees like the classic steak peppercorn, multi-serve sides like their masterful mac and cheese, or their new line of plant-based meals. Skip the grocery shopping and dirty dishes. Your meals arrive cooked and fresh every week. New meals are added weekly, so you're never stuck eating the same thing over and over. And boy, do we have a motherfucking deal for you guys. Stop stressing about dinner. Right now, Freshly is offering our listeners of the Name Redacted podcast $125 off your first five orders when you go to Freshly.com slash Jared, J-A-R-E-D-E-D. That is $125 off at Freshly.com slash Jared. What a fucking deal. That's just a great deal. I think I'm going to have to try it. Yeah, you're going to have to try it. You're a busy guy. Jake's a busy guy. Um, I am going to be busy tomorrow morning because I am taking batting practice. Oh. At Fenway motherfucking park tomorrow. 
See, now this feels like a resetting, like this could help change the vibes. This feels like a little something in that direction. It's a little something, something right? How, how like, are you feeling mechanically? Oh, I feel great. I'm going to fucking smash dingers, dude. I'm, I'm nimble. I'm in great shape. I'm strong as an ox. When was My the last eyesight? time you swung a bat? Uh, November. We played in that charity baseball game. I faced Dallas Braden, hit a fucking piss rocket off the wall. Got caught, but like it was, it was out there. Um, I won't be facing a former big league lefty in this. It's just going to be a pitch machine, which by the way, uh, pitch machine can be difficult because I think when they do like the client stuff, like I'll, when they, I've done this before. I did this in 2015, I, I want to say, 15 or 16. 15. And they've got the rinky dink pitching machine where it's like, boop. Yeah, it's one of those. So it's like, it's basically like fucking arc pitch softball, but with a baseball. Like, I need you to put some zip on it. Like, if you don't put some zip on it, then it's like, it, it fucks with your timing. Like, my, like, I got a leg kick. So I'm going to be like, all right, ball comes out leg comes up and now I'm just like fucking hovering in the air waiting for the fucking the ball to get there then the leg comes down and your fucking timing's all off so I, I'm gonna ask them be like, hey if if anyone needs to do like the little rinky dink pitch that's fine you guys do you and then when you're done put that shit on 98 and let me sock dingers what would it take for you to go deep do you, do you think what is it possible? To, do you have it inside of you? A hundred percent. What's the closest you've come? Uh, I think I I think uh, you scrape wall. Yeah, I, I mean, I could definitely if if they crank up the velocity, get a little could, something going. Yeah, I could definitely hit a homer, but with like the rinky dink arc pitch, I don't know if it's in the cards. Cause that's all fucking ass and quads, and I don't have that. It's just I got fucking quick hands, and I can muscle that shit over the wall. Now, if you were to go deep during BP, I'm mm-hmm. scared what would happen to you. Yeah, um, I, I don't think you'd be the same guy that's been on this podcast or that's really been you know talking to us for all these years. That would probably be like the last of the Infinity Stones, if you think about it, right? Like. I have a World Series ring. I have a Topps baseball card. I've been in a World Series parade. I have I I had my own bobblehead night at a professional baseball team's baseball game. So the only thing missing is a fucking a dinger at a major league ballpark. I well, sh- you- I threw a fastball by uh statistically the second best offensive player in baseball that year. I mean, I no, I wasn't drafted. No, I didn't sign any contracts in the big league teams, but I've done it all. I, I, everything that like everything that uh, mm, pretty much everything that like Pedro Martinez has done, like I've done it too. No, I, I agree. And like, I don't mean to shit on Pat. Like, you know, we Pat don't hasn't done any of that. Pat and Pat never even got a bobblehead night. It, I understand why he's so intimidated while talking to you now. Right. And like, when Heath Hembry blew him off, I think it just speaks to who you are that you even care to talk to him. Yeah. Like I, uh, and I don't mean to like put Pat down considering where, you know, his head's at right now. I know he's sure. going through a difficult breakup. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was something that I want to hit on, but he, 
Did he even respond when we said we were doing a show after the game? Did he even respond? Whatever, you know, drunk rage he was in, I don't know if he's lost his phone again. Um, yeah, I'm hoping could, could be. someone, I know you're on his emergency contact list. Correct. So hopefully if you get a call so we know where he's at. Yeah, I did see that Pat and Sandra broke up. Is that how you pronounce it? It's it's spelled Sandra, but it's pronounced Sandra. Gross. Yeah. Um, I did. Fortunately, they did split. I, I liked your uh, response underneath his tweet. I I was concerned for my friend Pat. I, it, uh, uh, I concerned, interested, I concerned. intrigued. Nah, it, it felt like a little that that meme wasn't you know the gif. It, it didn't scream concern to me. I could see how it could it could come off that way, but I definitely I was very broken up about it. Right, Jake. Yeah, and I, I was thinking too, like, if you actually do get that sixth Infinity Stone tomorrow, I feel like that's a pretty attractive thing that a newly single girl might might be interested in. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I almost hope I don't hit the homer because I don't need Sandra texting me being like, hey, babe, I heard you hit a sock the dinger today. And I'm be like, which one are you talking about? You know, like, I don't want to say that to her. Um, but like, again, his Pat. Does Pat have a World Series ring? No. No. Did he throw a fastball by Alex Bregman? No. Um, uh, has he been in a parade? No. Does um, he have a bobblehead? Does he have a bobblehead? No. Uh, he might not even have a Topps baseball card. I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe. If any existed, they're already gone. They're, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're in the, the five cent buckets somewhere in a Walmart in, in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, Home of the Kentucky Derby some years. Some years, but not all. And uh, I know he's never hit a home run at Fenway. So if I get that last Infinity Stone, it, things are going to start to change around here. Mookie Best just hit another home run. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, good for him. He's, he's God. He's got 15. Have yourself a month, man. Holy yeah, shit. He's, he's a good player. Mookie Betts, good player. I'm willing to go out on a limb right now and say Mookie Betts, good. Can I speak on a player that many would say is not good? Uh, can I guess what player you're talking about? Go for it. Is he on the Red Sox? He is. He's not good. Many people would say he's not good after seeing him. Hmm. Is he a pitcher? He is. Hmm. Are you talking about Matt Barnes? Oh, hell no. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, no offense to Matt Barnes. Josh mm. Winkowski. Making you his like debut. You don't, you don't think that Josh Winkowski's good? No, I do. I'm talking to oh. people who don't think he's good. Oh. It felt like the slander for him, and I understand the Andrew Benintendi stuff. People are ready to jump off a wagon anytime. But it felt like a lot of people were waiting for Winkowski to come up and make that first start to shit all over him if it went wrong. And say, oh, look. Look at what you got for Benintendi. Listen, I, I, it wasn't excellent. You know, Odor took him to Pluto. We saw it was a three-run jack. Red Sox didn't exactly make life easy for him. He should have had an easy one, two, three first inning. Little miscommunication with the Royal at shortstop that day. But overall, listen, he still struck out four over three innings. And the command, the three walks, that's not Josh Winkowski. He's walked six guys in like 32 or 31 and two thirds in AAA this year. He was ramped up and you could tell he was ramped up before you throw this guy off and say, you know, he's useless. He's not worth anything, whatever it may be add him to the list of arms that have come up and, you know, not been able to cut it as a starter. Give him some time. You know, he's still young. 
let him develop a little bit. He's going back down to AAA, and he's had a really nice year down there. And that AAA rotation with Bayo and now Brandon Walter joining the mix, Brian Mata on his way, is getting better and better. But Josh Winkowski, you know, do I think ultimately he's probably closer to a bulk guy, someone who can work late games, you know, hit 99 in the Arizona Fall League and one inning burst? Sure. But don't write off Josh Winkowski yet, please. I, I definitely agree that he was ramped up. Um, and he also had a quote after the game talking about the balls. He said it felt damp. Yeah, he said the balls felt damp. They were different, um, which is interesting, but not, I, I think, not what Red Sox fans want to hear. I mean, they're like, oh, so he's making excuses after his Whatever. I mean, I, I think you probably got more of the Benintendi, like Heim hate after that start because you're the leader of the Bluminati. Uh, um, but yeah, I'm sure that that exists out there. But again, I think for me personally, there was more riding on that start because I wanted him to make an impression so that they could kind of figure something out. And again, we'll get to this in the fucking stop and shop look ahead. But there are some there are some things about Garrett Whitlock that I don't love. And, and it pains me to say that. But there are some numbers that have been brought to my attention that I don't love. And I don't know if I want to use the C word. But they're mildly concerning. I don't like that. I don't like it either. I don't I don't like it either. I don't want to be the guy like the numbers guy. When I use numbers, I use them to manipulate for the Red Sox benefit. I will find any reason to make my guys look good. But when there's something, I guess this, I don't know if it's egregious, but if there's something this, if it stands out to me, like this does, I have to mention it. And the stop and chop look ahead, that's, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to mention the thing that stood out to me with Garrett Whitlock. Yeah, I, I, and I think it's a conversation right now with Garrett Whitlock before you know, we do walk down that lane. You know, we're getting good stuff on Chris Sale right now in terms of where he's at. It looks like another week of ramping up in terms of bullpens. And then, you know, they'll see, you know, live BPs and kind of getting them close to a rehab assignment. I think that conversation about what his role is going to be this year should really start to take focus, take focus. I think Winkowski performing well, if he had, would have started maybe giving you some more options there. You know, we saw... You know, in terms of the AAA arms, you know, you can't really look at Bayo. You can't really look at Walter. You know, those guys are really just set in foot there. And the other guy that could have stepped in and Seabold has a peck strain. Uh, so you really don't have that route. But I think with Whitlock, it makes a lot of sense. Ultimately, maybe if you do push him back to the bullpen. And I think that's the role we've talked about with him for a lot of this year that we felt was best. Because, hey, he's, you know, in terms of a starter workload, expecting him to carry that the whole year. It's a lot. You know, coming off a year where he was in just relief. Right. Yeah. How do you, you could, feel? How do you feel? About what? Just where you're at. Where are you at right now? This team? I'm, I'm okay. I, I'm not. Listen, uh, I think it's important to note some of the concerning parts of the team, like we've talked about with the bullpen. Um, is this one series going to have me jumping off a cliff? No. Um, I do think the next couple games against the Reds are very big. I think you need to kind of. Listen, it's 162 games. You're going to have highs and lows points from this point forward. You weren't going to win every series for the rest of the year. And you can clearly say they should have won the series. You should have had that game Friday. That kind of implosion is, you know, usually a once in a season type of implosion. Mm. You respond against the Reds and you take a couple. 
cool. You know, we're right back to where you need to be. But you go out against the Reds and you drop, you know, you should at the very least split, but you've lose two in a row here. Yikes. You know, you kind of derail all your momentum there. And, you know, there it's fair to say, did the Red Sox make a huge jump in the standings during this hot streak? No, not really. Getting to 500 is the most important thing. We know that. But, uh, you know, you can easily kind of fall off the wagon. And, you know, the idea was to tread water until June. The injuries that have happened, it looks more like July now. Well, uh, we got that off day on Thursday. And then after that off day, you got a hell of a West Coast swing here. You got three in Oakland, four in Anaheim. Terrifying. And then three in Seattle with an off day. And that Seattle team that you kicked in the dick when they were here at Fenway Park, they've had their downs this year. We know. They're, they're going through it. But, man, they're going to have something to play for when you run into them. Uh, there's going to be some revenge there. And the Angels right now, they just lost Anthony Rendon. But that team is, you know, things have gone really well for them this year. They're that in is a playoff spot. Yeah. Season you, ended today. And you don't want to kind of get caught up there and, you know, you don't really do much against the Reds. Say you don't do much against Oakland. It's kind of, you know, iffy, iffy. You know, you're not getting hot, but you're not getting cold. That's the kind of series that can kick you right back down. Yeah. I mean, the A's, the A's are not good, but they can, they can play. They can beat you. They can bite you. The Angels, we know. They, they're, they're good this year. They're in a playoff spot. If the season ended today, barely, but they are. And then, like, like you said, Seattle Mariners, you kind of embarrassed them, that Fenway. They're probably mad about that. Uh, and then you get to play the A's again when you come home. So I don't want to say that this, that this is not like a prove it month. Like, it's just not. Like, it's, it's not. I mean, the, the West Coast swing is going to be a motherfucker, especially, Jake, for the fucking Tuesday night stream. Next Tuesday, we get a 7 or a 9.38 start against the Angels on, for the Tuesday night stream. That'll be fun. God damn it. What the fuck? We're going to be recording. Wow. We're going to have some, some late nights coming up. I mean, oh, fuck. Yeah, we're, we're, gonna, we're really going to be out here. That fucking, what are we going to do? We're going to have to do it. We got to be here. Please, please, please play fucking good. I, I can't not sleep and take L's. Imagine. Uh, so then we would have to record Thursday the 9th at like. one thirty. Ah, whatever. <laughs> Who cares? Why do I not have any memory? Like, did we do those the next morning? I don't remember for section 10. I don't. I mean, I don't fucking remember if we did that. Those the night of or the, I mean, because I can't. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, fuck it. Fuck it. We're doing it. If, at if they're winning, I don't give a fuck. If they're winning, we'll be positive. If not, I'll come here and I'll cry and I'll probably be more of a mental wreck. Yeah. You Whatever. think Pat will be there for that one? Yeah, he'll be there. He'll be there. Pete just should like, be. Uh, just what like you Pete should be around too by then. Pete said that he was going to come back next week because. The he he thinks that like the hot streak's over and he was staying away because the hot streak. So he's like, oh, the hot streak's over. I can come back. And it's like, well, yeah, I guess. Unless they take these next two, then you can stay away. But anyways, 
Did uh, see he had some success while visiting Fenway. He did. He's two and zero. He's two two. Uh, he's he's won. He's won his last two games. Anyways, uh, batter up. We're not just talking about pancakes. Peacock is taking brunch to the big leagues and putting a new spin on America's favorite pastime. Watch exclusive baseball games every week with MLB Sunday leadoff. All games are available nationwide with no local market blackouts. So you can swing into the action wherever you are, no matter what. And another home run? When you subscribe to Peacock, you'll get access to live sports like Sunday Night Football, Premier League, Golf, and WWE. Plus, hit movies and shows. Download the Peacock app to take the game on the go or kick back and stream on your favorite devices. Don't miss exciting matchups all season long featuring exclusive pre- and post-game coverage with host Ahmed Farid and Jason Benetti with the play-by-play. Change up your weekend with MLB Sunday leadoff only on Peacock. Go to Peacock.com slash MLB to sign up right now. Uh, Jared, you said June wasn't. Uh, how did you frame it? You, you didn't say it was a do or it's, die month for you. It's not a gauntlet. It's not a gauntlet and it's not like a measuring stick month. Okay. So the measuring you, stick month is July ish. If you get to July 1st, uh-huh. they're at 500. Yep. Chris Sale's coming back that week. Okay. How do you feel? Uh, up and down. We're talking, you know, up and down June. Some good moments, some bad moments, but still, are you fully over that hump? How many games over 500 am I on June or, or on July 1st? No more than two or three. Okay. Three games over 500 on July 1st. <coughs> I'm kind of like, and you're getting Chris Sale back, assuming everyone else is healthy. I'm like, all right, I, I guess it's more of like a, here we go. It's not like, let's fucking roll. It's not a, all right, we're going to slaughter. It's like, all right, you know, we're, if, if we're going down, we're going down with our best. Because in July, we've got that three-game series in Chicago, but then you come home, three against Tampa, four against New York, then you go to Tampa for four, then you go to New York for three, and then you have the all-star break, and then you've got Toronto. So it's your season. That's basically your season, yeah. Uh, you've got a lot of AL East competition in July. Um, so yeah, I, I think for for June, the theme of June is just survive the West Coast trip. We've got our West Coast trip in June. Hopefully just finish out the month of May with a win against the Reds, and then you start June 1st with, with that second game, whatever. And then you go straight to the West Coast trip. Um, so yeah, June's going to be about the West coast. July is going to be about not cutting time AL East for a vast majority. Um, and, and we'll see what happens there, but got to get to 500 first. I, I sure as shit thought that we were going to be talking about, a <coughs> at least a 500 or a winning ball club when we met here tonight, didn't happen, but that doesn't mean that it can't happen soon. Uh, what are they now? Are they four under? Twenty three and twenty six, right? Three under. The Boston Red Sox are twenty three and twenty six. They're three games under five hundred. Um, you take you take two, you're 
25 and 26 going into your off day. Fucking love that. And then going to Oakland, you know, I'm not going to say you are over 500, but you should leave that series over 500. You definitely should. Fuck the A's. Fuck the A's. Fuck Dallas. Because then when the A's come here, I'm sure I'm going to have to deal with... I mean, he'll be in the booth, but maybe I'll just like break in. I can, I can do that. I can, get into the, uh, I can get into the press box. So I can, just, I can just knock on that door and go right into the A's press box. Don't, why would you knock? That's what I'm saying. I'll kick the fucking door down. It might be Please. unlocked, but who cares? I'll still kick it. Fuck that door. Yeah. I'll show up. I'll do it. Jake, do you think I'll do it? 100% you'll do it. Yeah, I'll fucking do it, dude. Everyone knows I'll do it. I won't even tell Dallas. Dallas doesn't listen to this show. No chance. I want to so, hear him be scared. Oh, he'll be scared, all right. <laughs> so be on the lookout for that. That's what, June 14th? <sighs> it's too bad. I wish he could I wish he could call in sick because the A's are here on that Tuesday. If Dallas if Dallas just didn't do the A's broadcast <laughs> and then he is just streaming from my apartment on that Tuesday, that'd be great. What would that take? How could you win him over? I don't think it would take much. I think if if I told him right now, like, hey, like I'm streaming on that Tuesday, do you think you could take that game off and just do the stream and then do the rest of the series? He'd be like, let me check. <laughs> let me see if I can talk to some people and figure it out. Dallas joined the call? I feel like I feel like Dallas is uh he's a baseball fan first and he's a baseball broadcaster second. I think he's a man of the people. And if we can get him we can get him on that stream, I think it'd be I think it'd be a good watch. I think it'd be a good watch. Make it so, happen. All right. We'll see. Are we trying to look ahead right now? Let's do it. Yeah, we might as well. <coughs> The stop and shop look ahead for the Boston Red Sox versus the Cincinnati Reds. It's a two-game series. Cincinnati Reds are 16-31, and 31, but as we mentioned earlier, they are winners of 12 of their last 20 baseball games. In game one, we have Michael Waka versus Luis Castillo. And then in game two, we have Garrett Whitlock versus Hunter Green. <laughs> Luis Castillo, one and two this year with a 435, a 111 whip, 7.8 strikeouts for nine. Strikeouts per nine. What did I say? Strikeouts for nine. Strikeouts per nine. Uh, he's off to a slow start this year. He's made only four starts in May this year after missing April with a shoulder injury. <laughs> His FIP is pretty good. He's got a 338 FIP. So he's been better than the, uh, the ERA would tell you. <laughs> he's allowed only two earned runs in each of his last two starts with only one walk. Uh, he can sit 97 with the fastball, but uh, the velo is a little bit uh, a tick down. He's, he's probably sitting like 95 these days. Um, the Reds are 2-2 two and two when he starts, including a win in his last start where he had a season-high six strikeouts against the Cubbies. And like we said earlier, that statistic, Red Sox hitters are 1-for-21 against Luis Castillo, and the only hit belongs to Nick Pavetta. Jackie Bradley Jr., 0 for 9, six strikeouts against Luis Castillo. Uh, Hunter Green, the former number one overall pick 
is making the 10th start of his big league career. He's two and six on the year with a 5.89 ERA and a 151 whip, but the strikeouts per nine is 11.4 because he throws 6,000 miles an hour. Uh, his season's been all over the fucking place. Yeah, it's been I was all over the place. Yeah, I was kind of diving through the game log a little bit. Uh, you know, the last three starts, I think, tell you it all. Got absolutely shelled against the Cubs last time out. Gave up three jacks. Two starts mm-hmm. before that, six innings, one earn. Start before that was the Pirates start. Everyone remembers where, you know, seven and a third and he didn't give up a hit the whole time. Yeah. But the strikeouts are always there. So he's got at least six strikeouts in eight of his nine starts. Uh, and in his last six straight. He will walk a lot of guys. Walks He's and also homers. giving up a lot of homers. 15. Um, the average fastball velocity is 98.5 miles an hour, which is the hardest for any starter this year. He's thrown 92 pitches this season alone over 100 miles an hour, which is um, not even cl- like no one else is even close to him. Uh, 25% whiff rate on that. Um, but it does get hit, which is he throws fucking hard. But the batting average against on his fastball, take a guess. I'm going to go 360. 375. With a 795 slug. Yeah. His sliders is out pitched, though. 39% whiff rate. 115 batting average against. I hate to say it, but Hunter Green feels like the exact pitcher that this lineup should mash. He's yeah. going to sit there. He's going to walk you. He's going to give up jacks. Like, feels like a recipe for the Red Sox offense to go out there and, you know, have one of those 10 run kind of days. Yeah. Now, if you run into the day where everything clicks for him, like we've seen at times, and, you know, you get kind of bulldozed, great. But realistically, has that happened a lot for him? No, it hasn't. You, this is a guy you should kind of jump on, especially a young guy with a lot of the veteran experience in this lineup. What if I told you? That the Boston Red Sox, even with how bad they were in April, are still the best hitting team in the American League. I'd believe you. Yeah, because that's true. Is listen, as bad as April was, you look at May. It's just they weren't barely above anybody. Like they were considerably better than any. Like nobody was touching what this team was doing with the bat. Yeah, they have the fourth best OPS in baseball. Um. Yeah, I was curious. Like, what do they look like? Let's say, how many times have they seen ninety-eight? Really? Like, I don't know what that sample size looked like, but damn, the fucking Dodgers. The Dodgers as a team, when they see fastball velocity of ninety-eight miles an hour or higher, are hitting three thirty-three as a team. It's not fair. The Red Sox as a, as a team against fastballs ninety-eight or faster are hitting one eighty-eight. With a 653 OPS. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's take it down to 96. Hmm? When the Red Sox see fastballs of 96 or faster, they're hitting 260 with a 799 OPS. That is the sixth best batting average in baseball. Where's that OPS at? Seventh? All right. Beautiful. And yeah. I, yeah. listen, with Hunter Green, you look at it, the walks are going to be there. Mm-hmm. We talked about it for how long? The Red Sox were the worst team in terms of chase rate in all of baseball, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are now down to seventh worst. 
a lot better. Seventh worse. You're working your way up the list. You know, you're ahead of the White Sox, the Orioles, the Cardinals, Marlins, Tigers, and Phillies. You're working your way down that list. The approach has improved. We're seeing it on a day-to-day basis. Boom. Work those walks. Take them deep. This is a guy you should mash. And if we're talking about mashing off a Hunter Green, you're facing Luis Castillo the day before. Hey, we know Luis Castillo is a very good pitcher. But goddamn, if you don't come out and respond after the L you took today, or you lose 10 nothing, and what we've seen from this Red Sox team, at least over the last couple of weeks, is when they've had these kind of games, the next day they've shown up and actually gone to work. Mm. Why can't you mash the next two games? You got Waka and Whitlock. Yeah. So, speaking of Whitlock, <coughs> here's where I've had the concern. May 4th, Season high, I'm assuming career high, nine strikeouts against the Angels for Garrett Whitlock. Next start, five, then three, then three, last time out, four. You may be asking yourself, why are Garrett Whitlock's strikeouts down? Well, his slider. In April, his slider had an expected batting average of 154, expected slug of 170, and a 63% whiff rate. In May, the expected batting, 353. Uh, Expected slug, 703. And the whiff rate, 27%. So just to reiterate, <clears throat> this is from April to May. Expecting ba- expected batting goes from 154 to 353. The expected slug goes from 170 to 703. And the whiff rate went from 63% to 27% in one month's time. So something's different with the slider. It's very much uh, not nearly as effective. As it was in the month of April, uh, I, I'm not Dave Bush. I don't know why that is, but I can see that it is. Um, so that's that's concerning for me. And again, in the stop and shop look ahead, as you uh, as you've known it to be in the last two years or three years, however long we've been doing it, uh, I will only highlight bad things about the starters coming in and good things about the Red Sox starters. Well, in looking over the the research for the stop and shop look ahead, I could not overlook those numbers for Garrett Whitlock. I could not do it. Uh, I saw it. It was glaring. It was alarming to me. So I had to share it with the people. And and I'm sure Haim listens to every episode of the Name Redacted podcast, putting it on his radar. It starts at the top, and I'm sure it'll trickle down and maybe... Maybe he tells Dave Bush. Maybe he tells Alex Cora. I don't know. Maybe I could I could tell Alex and be like, hey, can we, can we figure something out here? I don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. So we gotta we gotta tweak some shit. And you look at the month of May alone in those starts, he's given up a home run in four out of five starts. The only or the only start he didn't give up a home run was against Seattle when he got rocked for five runs. So mm-hmm. I, I think what you're seeing here is and, you know, Core kind of mentioned it, uh, not the previous start, but the one before that, 
uh, after Seattle touched him up. They have a plan. You know, now it's not like it was before where, you know, Garrett Whitlock was coming out of the bullpen and, you know, you kind of just had to react and see what happened. You're game planning against him now. The stuff is going to tick down a little bit because it's not one inning or two inning or even a three inning burst. You know, you're expecting him to go deeper, which he did credit to him going six starts uh, against Baltimore last time out. But I think there's going to just be real growing pains we see over this time. And for better, or for worse, you know, you kind of look at it where this Red Sox team is at. Is this the time to go through those growing pains? Do you feel like this is where it needs to happen? I don't know. I, I, I think that's the fair question to raise. Or is it just growing pains you're willing to take until Chris sales back? And then you sure. can kind of react on the go. But this was, you know, when you wanted to put Garrett Whitlock on the rotation, it was never going to be seamless. You know, you, I don't think you were ever going to see a guy immediately take off and become an ace. I just. Between that, you know, the stuff you're talking about with the slider, you're seeing guys at the plate continuously stepping out, trying to mess up his rhythm. There looks like the league has adjusted. Now it's time to see if he can make the next adjustment back. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the whole thing is, especially in Boston, anytime you want to take a reliever, put him in the rotation, there's going to be comparisons to Daniel Bard every single time, whether it goes well or it doesn't go well. Be, oh, you broke him. You did, you did Daniel Bard all over again. I mean, the guy still has a three and a half ERA. You didn't break him, but what you did do is make him less effective. You made him human. Yes. So <clears throat> that's why it's like, okay, you really needed a starter that badly. So you went to Whitlock, your best bullpen guy. Okay. Did you replace Garrett Whitlock in the bullpen when nope. you removed him from it? You did not do that. Well, <laughs> some would say, well, Tanner Houck, right? It's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. Why the fuck am I? What am I choking on? I think it's allergies. Um, so you did not replace him. And if you were to ask me, <clears throat> would you rather have? Would you rather have a? I don't know. Like we're not. I, I don't even know what you would. Where you would number these guys? Like Nate is your one. After that, it's whatever. It's a. It's a. It's a mashup. Like Waka's been good. Okay. Uh, is he a number two? No. Um, you've got a bunch of number. You you have have a one in Nate, and then a bunch of number threes. That Five. might be being generous. Yeah, uh, threes and fours. And with Whitlock, <clears throat> would I rather have an elite bullpen ace, or would I rather have a solid number three, number four? Because while the three and a half BRA is nice. You look at the strikeout numbers now compared to what they were as a reliever, and he's not in God mode anymore. Like you, you just you saw the strikeout numbers. I just read them to you. In his last uh, four starts, in his last four starts, um, he's a little less than a strikeout an inning. And before, as a reliever this year. <clears throat> yeah, he struck out a little more than a batter per inning. So, I don't know. I just... I'm not going to sit here and com- <clears throat> complain about it. Like, you need him in the rotation now. Like, he's he's filling a void. If, if you didn't love Tanner Houck as a starter, okay, try Whitlock. 
But all I'm saying is, if you were to ask me, would you rather have uh, <clears throat> the elite god mode back end bullpen guy, or would you rather have the slightly above average starter? I'd rather have the elite back end of the bullpen guy. Especially when you say Hulk goes back into the rotation where he looked pretty good, you know, before everything happened in Toronto and he got booted out of that role and you flip but lock back. I think Hulk has shown he's a fine starter. He will get you by. I just think Hulk, the difference between Hulk and Whitlock in the rotation right now isn't considerably different. The difference between Whitlock and Hulk in the bullpen is considerably different. Yeah. And I, I think that's it. But the analytics guys, and you know, I understand the mindset would go and say, well, I'd rather get 10 innings out of Whitlock in a week than, you know, six or seven or something in that area. Maybe it's closer to five or six, depending on how you want to use them out of the bullpen. Would yeah. you prefer? But it depends. Are, is every inning worth the same thing to you? It's not. And, yeah. I, you, know, you know, it's you can talk about what an inning means late in a game like we saw on Friday night, what that means. Um, but at the same time, I think you raise the conversation as well. Could you put Hulk and Whitlock in and say, I don't know, before Connor Seabold went down, would you try him a couple turns? Would you try Josh Winkowski a couple turns and say, let's see what happens. Go figure it out. And if you don't have it, we can bring, you know, Whitlock in for a couple innings to follow you or Hulk in for a couple innings. It's just it all goes back to you're just short on arms. Yeah. You're playing catch up constantly. <clears throat> the Red Sox have almost as many blown saves as they have quality starts. <clears throat> it's gross. They are up to a major league leading 12 blown saves. And again, it, you can blow a save not in the ninth inning. That, uh, that does happen and it has happened. Um, but 12 blown saves, 13 quality starts. Which is just, it's interesting. Something else that was interesting, and maybe, maybe you'll appreciate this, maybe you won't. But the average exit velocity numbers for the month of May, you know who led it. Rafael Devers. Second, J.D. Martinez. Who was third? In the month of April? Month of May. Uh, I'll go Trevor Story. Trevor Story was fourth. Who is it? Franchi Cordero. Whoo! Okay, yeah, Franchi, Franchi third <clears throat> in exit velo, and then interestingly enough, so you have Devers first ninety five point four, JD ninety two point five, Franchi ninety one point one, Story ninety point six, and then right there you have two individuals right below Trevor Story. 90.3 and 90.2. Who are they? I don't know that you'll guess. I don't know that you'll guess the 90.3. But the 90.2, it's, it's guessable. Jackie and Verdugo. Nope. Can I throw Kike in there? Nope. Royo? Arroyo, 90.3. Uh, he's been swearing some baseballs off. Obviously, we've seen the last homers lately, but even before yeah. that, he was kind of getting some bad luck. Yeah. And then Bob is 90.2. That makes sense. He's already yep. going to be right up there. Yep. Story finished the month with 32 RBI. Love that. Christian Vasquez, third in OPS. Devers, JD, Vasquez. 
That's nuts. Vasquez was third in on base. He was third in batting average. JD hit 434 for the month. Devers 387. Vasquez 357. The on base was JD 486. Devers 429. Vasquez 416. Slugging percentage 730 for Devers. Four, uh, 646 for JD. 547 for Story, which seems impossible. I mean, he hit 19 fucking home runs. Franchi 507, and then Vasquez at 500. Hmm. That'll do. That'll play. That will play. JD and Rafi tied for the team lead with 43 hits. Bogey was second at 28. I don't even think we've seen the best version of Rafael Devers. I think this summer, like, I'm going to say it right now. I, I'd be shocked if Rafael Devers is in top three in MVP voting. I, I think we're about to see a run of runs. And that's saying something considering what he's already done this year, what he did last year. And JD Martinez is also such a freak and arguably the best hitter in baseball in the month of May. Yeah. I, I think Rafael Devers is about to own the summer. I think this will be the summer of Rafael Devers. I love that. Also, no matter what, they clinched a winning record in the month of May. That's facts. They can lose tomorrow and still be 14, 14 and 13 in the month of May to finish it out, but we're going to hope for a win. And uh, <clears throat> that'll, uh, that'll do it. So we've got two against the Cincinnati Reds. Got to win them both. And uh, Jake's takes. I was going to say the Orioles seem like they're the best worst team of all time. <laughs> like they lose so many games that they're in last place, but they seemingly win every series. It's so like, how does that math add up at all? Sneaky, good bad, good team. Yeah. The, the Baltimore Orioles, 2014 AL East champs for a fucking reason. <clears throat> I've been tweeting it all year. I tweeted it when they played other teams. And now, now that they've taken three of five from the Boston Red Sox here, and what's that? They've taken five... Of eight on the year, they've won both series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's five of eight. AL uh, twenty fourteen AL East champs for a reason, baby. It is what it is. But uh, I'm just just a reminder for for everyone listening. If the Red Sox happen to score seventeen runs on Tuesday, don't say it. Please, if they score another 26 on Wednesday, don't say it. I hope that you've learned your lesson, Steve. I hope that we've all seen what happens when we say it. And and let's get back to let's get back to the positive vibes. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not. It's 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 a down pod, but it's not a down season. It's not a down month. It's just it was it was a it was not a great series. It's over with. We're turning the page, and we're on to Cincinnati. Tyler, any 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 final final thoughts? I thought that we're on to Cincinnati bar was so damn good. I just want to leave it right there. Okay, we'll leave it right there. All right, we'll see you on fucking Wednesday. Buenas noches, amigos.